cold of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watts. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of May, 2009. I always suggest for newcomers to go look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, and you can download lots of talks I've given in the past, where I try to show you a different perspective on reality by using the material put out there by big players and foundations in, in the business world, uh, the establishment, if you like, or the elite, as it's often called, and to show you that uh, truly we're conditioned into perceiving things in the way they want us to. That's why we go along with everything, and that's why we're so abused, and that's why, too, things never work out for the people at the bottom, never work out at all. The masses never get anything except suckered and robbed and plundered every so often by the banks, put into wars. And I try to show you the big agenda that the elite have in store for the world, and it's their utopia they're working towards. Actually, they've got us all working towards it too, but we won't be around to see it or to participate in it because apparently we're too inferior. We don't have the right stuff, the right genes, and these guys at the top truly are. They've been living for thousands of years with special breeding. They truly believe in special breeding and special genetics, etc., etc. That's the history of what kings and queens, etc., are all about special breeding, the royal blood. Also, we can to Alan AlanWattsSentinel.eu for transcripts of these same talks, these audio talks. And you can print them up. They're written in the various languages of Europe. And for those who want to support me, as I say, go into CuttingTheMatrix.com, order the books, the CDs, discs, etc. Or you can donate through PayPal or personal check in the U.S. and Canada. For those who just get the CDs burned and passed around to them to play, you can go. You can get to, to me by writing to Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estere, Ontario, Canada. And Estere is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, 3, E as in Elizabeth, 4, N as in Nora, 1. Reality. What is reality? Reality is our conditioning. And we have different conditionings according to different classes we live in or were born into. We have different conditioning according to the countries we're born into as well. In the past, it was very, very simple to keep people, vast amounts of peoples in different countries under control by the use of religion, which went hand in glove with the king and queen system and an aristocracy and for hundreds and hundreds of years, it was kept in place that way with the two of them working together. However, around the 1500s emerged the new societies, the new intelligentsia, if you like, an upper middle class that had evolved through merchandising and merchant banking, which got more and more powerful. And they, along with 
what they created, which was really fraternities, early fraternities, thought they could use science to overtake religion in the old system. The sciences really took off in the 1500s. That's when Bacon and all these characters started to really go into the sciences and started to write about them. And then quite shortly thereafter, we find, and I'm probably shortly in time span of a couple hundred years because that's nothing at all in history, you find the sciences exploding with industrial revolution. And along with that came the massive wars, one war after another getting worse and worse and worse because science had come to the fore. Now those who run sciences run the world. I'll be back with more of this after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, talking about reality. And it's interesting, too, that Professor Carol Quigley, the historian for the CFR at one point, and who gave us a, an alternate view of history from the records of the CFR. In fact, he said that they, they, they were so important, they'd been so important for, for about 100 years already, even before they were called CFR because the groups that exist already in 1800s, he said they had so influenced history in, in all Western countries, they deserved to be known by the public. That was his rift with them. He thought that the public should know how important they had been in designing the world they lived in in the 1960s and where they were going with it into a global system. He was all for this global system. But he also basically hinted that they'd been behind all wars right through the 1800s. Because war and conflict always has a resolution. And out of that comes new, a new system, a new treaty, a new, a new governing system. That's what comes out of wars. And he said himself, one of the main purposes of war is to alter society. All conflicting parties, doesn't matter what side you're, you happen to be on, are altered. You come out of it with a new system, a different governmental system, or a more powerful governmental system. And that is what's called socialism today. Bureaucracies just expand like crazy and take over different functions that were held by private individuals or corporations during wartime. And he also mentioned, too, that they'd written the histories, the history books, for the people from the, for the Western world. Therefore, we get a completely slanted view of history. The idea being that we come to the right conclusions by reading their books and think that we know it all. It never dawns on us that we're being misled. It was the same when the Rockefeller Foundation hired Durant, Will Durant, to do this mammoth task of writing basically encyclopedias of history and touring the world and gathering, gathering data. Durant said himself at the end that it was slanted. That was the point of it. It was to make you think that man had just evolved through different stages of life by happenstance and conflict and wars and, and just stumbled along. And the only possible hope was to allow ourselves to go under a scientifically run world system. The same system uh, that his friend uh, Bertrand Russell was talking about uh, scientific dictation.
dictatorship, which is really what we're going into now. We're actually under it now, in fact. If we look at any media, you'll see the, the experts being put in front of us every day on newscasts and documentaries. Every topic there is, there's an expert to tell you how to think about something. So much so that Brzezinski said that the public will shortly be unable to reason for themselves. Well, that's happened. We have experts to do it for us. never dawns on most people that there's agenda, political agendas behind whatever these experts say. And getting back to the past too, you see, as I say, the big merchant bankers who were conglomerates a long, long time ago were also protected by a massive society, a religion, if you like. You hear about the Rosicrucians loosely, but you really think that a person like Rothschilds could come into a country, any country, the five sons, and take them over and be left alone if he truly had ripped off the aristocracy. Legally or otherwise, he'd have been done in so fast. The Rothschilds already had fleets of ships. Before he took over the Bank of England, it was a massive organization backing him. And that's the key to it, you see. Every big corporation ever since then is really part of the one and same system. Today, it's called the military-industrial complex. It's also an economic complex. It's all tied together as one. And nothing will happen one without the other. And that's the reality of it. They bring up people in history to be front men. And they go down in the history books as inventors, or like Mr. Gates there, who just managed to take everybody else's patents and use them, and no one would touch him. Why would no one touch him? It was the same reason that no one would touch a Rothschild coming in to take over the Bank of England. Because it was a massive organization using all kinds of methods to make sure no one would touch him. That's why. The same with Monsanto. As it spreads its GMO food all over the planet, no one will touch them. In fact, every judge knows to vote in Monsanto's favor. It's a must-be, as they say, because there's a bigger organization making sure that everything goes smoothly. That's the real world. Over the weekend, I watched a disc that was sent to me about something that happened in Britain. Britain is so full of scandals, and occasionally they'll throw one year away to keep the public happy. But it was about two, two or three brothers in the 70s called the Cray brothers, going, going in the 60s and the 70s, who were both homosexuals, but they were gangsters. And they ran these sort of pedophile rings and all the rest of it in London. And uh, this, this uh, Channel 4 expose was about what happened with the Cray brothers. They were very famous at the time because they got charged and let go because ministers, British lords, members of the aristocracy came forward to speak up for them because they were all involved in it. See, they were using the facilities, etc. But what was interesting was at the end, under the Freedom of Information Act, you see a, a journalist going in 
and going through what is allowed to see from the Home Office, the same Home Office as the Homeland Security of Britain today. They're supposed to serve the British people. And they had all the other names whited out that no one was allowed to talk about. They were never charged, but they obviously have all the data on them because these British lords are all still alive today. You see, that's the real world. There is no democracy. Never was. There's only what they call the establishment. And the establishment lives completely differently than the rest of the world or those they rule over. The same lord-type establishment have the biggest shares in all the military-industrial complex machinery of Britain. The Pratt and Whitney's and all the rest of them. All the big corporations that are to deal with war. These are the same lords who get the boys in Parliament to pass bills for housing for the people. And then they make sure that they happen to own the land that the housing schemes will be built on. And then it's jacked up 10 times, 20 times the price. This is standard procedure in the real world. And it's always been like that. Always. And places like the Home Office are there to make sure they are guarded from the public. From the public. And in that that Channel 4 expose, I might find it and, and put a link up, they, they, tell, they, they show you the newspapers with the stories all ready to go, and then the lawsuits come in from the biggest, you know, crown corporation in Britain. And everyone backs off immediately because you know you've had it. You will never win against the, no, the crown is against you. That's the reality of the world. The reality is a very strange thing. As I say, we're indoctrinated from from birth because our parents were indoctrinated from birth and all you have to do is train one generation in the new system and they will teach their children and then you put the supporting infrastructure around them for schooling you make sure that you have the proper uh, marketing media to the age groups as they grow up and they'll never catch on that most of their reality is bogus or is conditioning them to serve the system Here's an article, just a little article here, just to show you what I'm talking about in a simplistic way. This is from the Guardian newspaper. Ministry of Defense. Now, here's the military in Britain. Now, we know about this in the U.S. because it's been admitted they were behind G.I. Joe and so on. Ministry of Defense hopes new toy action figures will help image. It says the action man forerunner was too politically correct. All three branches of the armed forces are represented. This is the 7th of May. A range of realistic action figures based on the modern British armed forces was launched at RAF Northolds, produced by the Toymaker Character Group. Toys fill a gap left by Action Man, discontinued by Hasbro three years ago, and ruined, according to Character Group boss John Diver, by the plague of political correctness. He went on, He went from an iconic military figure and being very popular to an extreme cyclist and being very unpopular, he said. The armed forces worked, it says, worked closely with the company on the design of the toys 
and an initial nine figures are going on sale, representing all three branches of the armed forces and wearing the insignia of the Royal Marines, the Army and the RAF. The Ministry of Defence denied the range was a blunt recruitment ploy, but hopes the toys will help to burnish the armed forces' reputation, as well as generating a stipend in licensing revenues. So, so children, of course, have always had this. They've never realised that all toys are given are all for a purpose, and that the military are involved in it. And they're playing all these different games, etc., and they want to grow up and be like those guys, with, because that's all that's in the video games. These are the winners, you see, guys wearing all this gear. They're superior than those in the city street, as they say. I'll be back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about how the military complex is involved in so many aspects of our lives, but it's on behalf of those elite, the ones I was talking about earlier, like like the scandal involving and around the Cray brothers. There was only one scandal, but there was many, many British lords involved in it. And there's the Home Office protecting them, as I say. So much so that under the freedom of information, they basically resealed it and said that they will not release, release those names until about the year 2050 or something. That's how things are. It says it on it. They protect their own. There's no such thing as a common justice across a land. Never was. Never was. And the way that they see the people is for different function. They don't see a society where they're just part of it. The, the, the people have, were in the past, were always there to serve the elites. That was their purpose. That's what peasants were for. To those at the top, and we've seen it through many articles I've read here, in fact, on this show, they claim there's just too many people left. They don't need us all now. They don't need us to till up the lands and farms because now we have intensive farming. They don't need so many people. They don't need us to work their factories because their factories are all being worked by people in China. So what do you want to do with the people? Well, they plan to take down the population over a period of time. In the process, intergenerationally, they'll move them into the cities. That's under Agenda 21 at the United Nations. There will be no private property. That's in Agenda 21. No private transportation. It's an Agenda 21. And you'll find a whole new method of keeping you in line because there'd be electronic cash only, and that will be used as a weapon as well. If you're bad or you're so politically incorrect, you'll be punished by withdrawal of your money or credits or whatever they happen to call it at that time. Maybe your carbon footprint, who knows? And you'll be unable to pay your rent or or even uh, get on a bus. And during that period, too, they expect a lot of riots breaking out because obviously the cities will be incredibly overcrowded. They already are. I've read before how 
back in the 50s and 60s, they were talking about urban sprawl. In fact, that was one of the first things I saw on television. From Satellite, there was a program on urban sprawl, and I thought, well, sprawl's a nasty word, and urban sounds not too bad, but urban sprawl was putting their, they put it right in their head right from the beginning. There was just too many people, and they were sort of untidy or, or something like that. The idea being that they didn't want people spreading out from the cities. Therefore, laws were passed. They could only rebuild on existing lots, even where buildings were. They could only knock down buildings and build new ones. But immigration was to go up in the Western world massively into those countries. And you know what happens if you're not building more and more houses. You're rapidly overcrowded in the big cities. And it appears as though you're overpopulated. Meanwhile, they've been making it harder and harder and harder to live in rural areas. In fact, under Agenda 21, if you're not necessary to that area, then you won't live in it. And they are moving people from the rural areas. The taxes across the Western world in the rural areas have been jacked up so much. It's just incredible. They don't want you in the country. They want you crammed in overcrowded cities, while the elite themselves, of course, don't live in those same cities, they will have their own specially, uh, special high-tech uh, smaller cities built elsewhere. They already do. They're building quite a few in China for them. So therefore, the future is already planned and mapped out intergenerationally, and that's how they work, Fabian style. That's how they can always pull it off. They've talked about the coming riots. The think tanks for the military for Britain and the U.S. talk about the coming riots. They're so sure they're going to happen. They're so sure because they only cause different kinds of crisis, such as food shortages down the road. The Council on Foreign Relations, if you go into their website, especially the one at Chatham House in England, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, same organization, have had teams working on the coming food shortages for years and years. You can go in and look it up. They're so sure it's going to happen. Meanwhile, people are getting sicker and sicker and sicker with the GMO foods, as they also pump more and more injections into people, and they watch their health plummet. You have juvenile arthritis now. You have massive autism. You have all kinds of Aging diseases are now hitting young people. And it's no surprise to those at the top because they don't call it a crisis. They don't tell you why it's happening, but they don't call it a crisis, which means they know what's, what is causing it, and therefore it's not a crisis because it's planned that way. Same with the fertility rates plummeting, the sperm count plummeting. All in the same time period, 50 years. Here's from the Mail Online, and this is the 20th of March 2009. One child in 60 suffers from a form of autism. This is what it's come to, one in 60. Far more children have autism than previously thought. A study of British school pupils has found. Researchers now believe as many as one in 60 children has some form of the condition. And I think that's music coming in. Yeah, I think it is. So I'll, I'll read this article when I come back from this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about how people are getting sicker and sicker. And remember, some of us have been reading these kind of statistics for years and quoting these articles for years, but it's never a crisis. They just tell you about it and, and leave it at that. I mean, isn't something that's a big mystery worth investigating? Wouldn't it be? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If it was out of the control and not planned by those at the top, it would be investigated big time. An incredible money would be thrown at it to find out what the problem is, but they know what the problem is. That's why they're not investigating it. It says here, one in 60 children has some form of the condition. Now I've mentioned before that attention deficit and so on are just branches of autism that blossomed after the 1950s. The disturbing findings which are due to be made public within weeks mean that up to 216,000 children in the UK could suffer from autistic condition, although many have not even been diagnosed yet. Research could have a major impact on public services in Britain with many more youngsters potentially needing a lifetime of special care. That's all they care about is the economic fallout. Autism covers a spectrum of developmental disorders which affect a person's communication and social skills. Families caring for severely autistic children say their lives are devastated by the condition and looking after sufferers of autism and related disorders already cost the nation £28 billion a year. The latest study by academics at Cambridge University's respected Autism Research Centre involved thousands of children. Controversially, it showed autism rates were nearly twice as high as the figure of one child in 100, which is currently accepted by the National Autistic Society. It also surpassed the one in 87 figure revealed by research among South London pupils three years ago, which was published in the Lancet Medical Journal. Cases of autism have significantly increased over the past 40 years. Isn't it amazing? Everything really started at the same time. Hmm? 40 years ago, you saw your first bubble boy, the guy that was totally allergic, the baby was allergic to everything. Hadn't happened before. What had happened around that time? The massive inoculation programs is what started. Cases of autism have increased over the past 40 years. In the, 80s, the 1980s, for example, a study found that only 4 in every 10,000 showed signs of childhood autism. The Cambridge study, led by Professor Simon Baron-Cohen, states clearly that the apparently higher rate found recently is down to better detection and diagnosis. Yeah, sure. That when results of the professor's research have already been revealed at a major international conference of world experts on autism although they have not yet been formally published. All these experts can't tell you why, eh? or why it's blossoming either. But then again, you don't want the public to know the truth, do you? About anything, really. Because if the public knew the truth of what's been happening to them for a long time, well, maybe they wouldn't do anything about it, thinking about it, I think about it. 
I'm sure you pause before I say that because you think they should do something about it, but most of the public will never do anything about anything that's done to them. Unfortunately, the elite know that too. What can you say? What can you say? There's another. Now, these links I'll put up on cuttingthroughthematrix.com website at the end of the show. There's a, an, a one here from YouTube, and it's on the last year's protest that was shown at the SPP protest in Montebello, Quebec, when the police were caught as the provocateurs were actually caught by people in the crowds trying to get riots started. There's a, a, a YouTube video up. I'll put that up, and you can have a look at it if you want to. And here's another interesting article, too, I've already put up. It's about, it's called The Secret Report that shows how the Nazis planned a fourth Reich in the EU. And this is 9th of May 2009 from the Mail Online. The only reason I'm going to mention this article at all is because I've mentioned before the, the video that's up. It's called uh, The Soviet Story. To do with and it shows you in the story, too, how the propaganda minister for Adolf Hitler, before Hitler came to power, was promoting Adolf as being basically a counterpart of Lenin in that same category. And they were both socialist movements. And I've read before articles from other authors, the Solzhenitsyn and so on, from the Soviet Union, a, a dissenter, who wrote quite a few books uh, showing what the Soviet Union was all about. And he himself said the same thing. He told the Soviets once he was kicked out, he, re- he wrote this in the, in the West and published in the newspapers in the West, he said that you and the Soviet Union uh, don't realize that, that the West has fed you from your creation. He says, in fact, the Western banks financed you from the beginning. I got into the history of the Nazis and how the big cartels that were formed, the umbrella groups like IG Farben, were funded by Bayer, which is a Rothschild company, Baxter Laboratories, and I've talked about them recently, the storm scandals, and Ford, GM, ITT, all the big boys were involved in creating the Nazi war machine. Couldn't have happened without them. And during World War II, they planned to have a fourth Reich if, because they knew they were losing. It would be done through basically industry and also pushing for an amalgamated union for Europe, a European Union. Interesting report. And what you're really seeing, remember, there was only one group funded and set up the Soviet Union, this cartel, this brotherhood, we'll call it, banking fraternities, and the globalists, those who believed in a global society run by experts, and all eugenics, all eugenicists, all of them. They funded the Soviet system, they funded the Nazi system, and we're on the third way today, Mr. Toffer's third way, where they've come together with capitalism for the new system that the world is to be run under. They couldn't lose. And in the dialectic, you must have oppositions, or what appears to be oppositions, but in reality, they're not really oppositions at all. In any argument, the point is to get people arguing about the same topic. Then you're both on board, you see. That's how simple it is. 
therefore the Soviet system and the Nazi system were just parts of the same system being pushed in the Western world to make it all come together from all different areas of the planet at the same time. Mr. Bush called it the New World Order. That's exactly what it is. That's what Adolf Hitler called it. That's what Lenin called it. And he did. He called it the New World Order. So here's this report, the secret report that shows how the Nazis planned a Fourth Reich in the e- and in the EU, the Economic Union. It says the paper is aged and fragile, the typewriter letters slowly fading, but the U.S. military intelligence report EW-PA-128 is as chilling now as it is the day it was written in November 1944. Also known as the Red House Report, the detailed account of a secret meeting at the Maison Rouge Hotel in Strasbourg on August 10, 1944. Their Nazi officers ordered the elite group of German industrialists to plan for Germany's post-war recovery, prepare for the Nazis' return to power, and work for a strong German empire, in other words, the Fourth Reich. Then it goes into how it's basically set up and how Cordell Hull in the U.S. Secretary of State, he had the report all that time. They said they would set up a network of secret front companies abroad. They would wait until conditions were right and then they would take over Germany again. They included representatives of Volkswagen, Krupp, Messerschmitt, which is officers from the Navy and Ministry of Armaments were also at the meeting, and with incredible foresight, they decided together that the Fourth German Reich, unlike its predecessor, would be an economic rather than a military empire, but not just German, not just German. So in other words, it doesn't matter. See, they're all working on the same plan. This is unearthed from the U.S. intelligence files, the Red House report, and it was the inspiration for a thriller novel that's getting written right now, but they're actually using the, the, the real documents. It says here that um, the industrials gathered at the Maison Rouge Hotel, which is expectantly as SS Obringer Fuhrer, Dr. Scheid, began the meeting. Scheid held one of the highest ranks in the, US, in the German SS, equivalent to a lieutenant general. He cut an imposing figure in his tailor gray green uniform, etc., etc., etc. But what's interesting is he scrolled down here because through all the big, high corporations, they mentioned, too, IG Farben and all those boys. And they mentioned that they'd work, again, over a long-term period, to create a European Union. Have you ever looked into the guys who set up the European Union? Because it's well known they were all Nazis. Why aren't they prosecuted? Why are they let go to do this? Because... The big foundations, the created IG Farben and the Rockefellers and all these families and the Rothschilds are all part of the same organization. That's why. It says here <clears throat> that it had liaisons, uh, agents within parties established control over Germany after World War II, and that's true, Germany led Europe in industry after World War II. It says they exported funds channeled through two banks in Zurich and also through agencies in Switzerland, which we brought property in Switzerland for German concerns. The Nazis have been covertly setting funds through neutral countries for years. This is all known at the time, mind you, by intelligence services in the U.S. and Britain. So 
Swiss banks, in particular the Swiss National Bank, accepted gold literally from the treasuries of Nazi-occupied countries. And since you scroll down again, and it keeps going into this, they wanted this European Union. It says here, by the winter of '43, this fellow was transferred to the Ministry of Economics. Ollendorf's ostensible job was focusing on export trade, but his real priority was preserving the SS, the SS massive pan-European economic empire after Germany's defeat. It's a long article, long article. And as I say, the main part is near the bottom where they go into the creation of the European Union. Since that same year, the six members of the ECSC, they started the forerunner, which became the Economic Union. This was ECSC. They're all Nazis, signed the Treaty of Rome. They signed it, they set it up, these guys, these Nazis signed the Treaty of Rome, which set up the economic, European Economic Community. The treaty further liberalized trade and established increasingly powerful supranational institutions, including the European Parliament and European Commission. What a surprise. Why are they telling us this now, eh? Because it's all over and done with and nobody cares. That's why. The revelation of the method. They always do this. They show us how they did it. When after, years after, when no one cares. Quite something, eh? Quite something. That's how it's always done. Just like they'll release the the other British lords involved in the the porno rings and the gangsters of London, the Cray brothers, that would not be released in 2050 where no one cares because everyone's dead that was involved. That's how it really works. We never know what's going on. Pierre Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, who was the common turn leader for Canada at the Communist International, in 1952, he led a delegation from Canada to Moscow. That was known by all the press at the time. <clears throat> Decades later, when he ran for prime minister, not a single newspaper mentioned that fact. Not a single one. People used to wonder why he was so pally with old Fidel Castro. It's because, because Trudeau was involved with helping with the revolution there. The media all knows this stuff. They know it. Internationalists all. Remember what Carl Quigley said? He said, the comes from foreign relations. He says, we don't care who we bring in as members. We have fascists, communists, we have everything, dictators and so on. But they're all working for the same world order. That's how it's done. Now there's some callers there. I should really try and get them in. Uh, there's Amber from British Columbia. Are you there, Amber? Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm um, hanging in here. It hasn't been a great weekend for me. Yeah, look, uh, we actually got a break from spring today, I think, which is rare. Yes. Um, yeah, there'll be yeah, refueling somewhere. You know. Pardon? There'll be refueling somewhere. Yeah, I guess they have to every once in a while. Eh? Um, I have a couple of questions in regards to the sample that you got done. Yes. Of the spring, um, I'm going to hang up and listen to your answer, but um, when did you get that done? How did you go about getting the sample, and who did you bring it to, and how much did it cost? You have to take I'll it. hang up and listen to you. Yeah, you have to take it to an independent laboratory, and you have to tell them 
uh, to do the full spectrum analysis too, or they will only look at certain things. And you can pay up to $500 or up to 1000 depending on if you also want to go into microbes, etc. But for basic chemical analysis, you can pay maybe $500, but the problem in Canada is getting a, a lab to do it for you. <clears throat> you, can, you can actually get some in the U.S. that will do it for you, and cheaper too. But uh, the stuff here has, um, has had um, aluminum oxide, the stuff that was sprayed here, uh, barium, uh, other trace elements too, uh, including I think even arsenic. So they're all hit. they're all metallic particles, which goes along with uh, the whole idea that Teller put out there in the first place of spraying the air with these substances, and then you could also use harp on top of it and alter the weather quite simply, in fact. And that's from the inventor of the, the H-bomb. That's how long ago he came up with that idea. And they've been doing it since 1998 steadily. They were testing it out once in a while in years gone by over the last, you know, since 1950 onwards. But, but since 1998, that's when all the major countries started spraying pretty consistently um, and often daily on the general public with this stuff, and that is when the, the weather manipulation really kicked in. But you also have to go in to the treaty signed for on weather warfare at the United Nations, and I think it's 1978. It tells you all the things they could, they could and admitted to being able to do with HARP and weather control back then. So it was all done and tested and obviously worked or it wouldn't be in a treaty. And they've been spraying us like crazy. I also put up um, links on my show before last year Two mainstream uh, reports where a place in the States was sprayed by stuff that was yellow because it was even cadmium in it as well. So uh, it's, it's ongoing, but nothing will get done. It's the agenda. I'll be back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. And we'll go to Sean from Utah. Are you there, Sean? Yeah. Yes. Hey, Alan, how you doing? Not so bad. Oh, good to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, I just had a question about the Soviet story. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could find it online. I found a link uh, to buy it. I don't know if it was worth buying. or. It certainly is. Okay. Yeah. I've never promoted anything before, but... I've seldom seen a documentary that at least puts uh, more of the truth uh, out there than, than this one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, the little money I have, I like to give to you. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it really does have a lot of details in it. It does show you the, the double dealing. It shows you how the West liked to be conned and how the West even misportrayed uh, the great heroes, the Soviets, during World War II. Uh, it shows you the, the, the massive slaughters and the mass graves uh, that, that were going on right up until the end in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll uh, spring for it then, I guess. And and also remember, too, that Mr. Putin uh, actually had made a demand of the EU that this not be shown, this film. So that that's enough for me. <laughs> right. I saw some stuff about that, and so it made me more intrigued, but... Mm-hmm. Well, I'll pick up that documentary and keep sending what I got your way. Yes. I encourage everybody listening to because, you know, you're invaluable as far as what you say and how you put it forward is just amazing. 
Uh, well, we have to get it. We're going to do it while we've got the time, because I'm telling you, I can see the time coming fast now, where but we're not going to be able to do it. In the new cloud system they're bringing in, um, they're giving first dibs for all the bandwidth to the big uh, regular media boys, and then, then it's going to be the biggest sites out there. In other words, approved, authorized sites only. Uh, so they're going to really put guys like me off. There's no doubt about it. You know? yeah, and well, that's only maybe a year away, two years away. Well, Alan, thanks a lot. I just really appreciate you, and take care Sorry. of yourself. You hang in there, too. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye now. And there's Ray from Wyoming. Are you there, Ray? Hello, Alan. Hello. Uh, this is Ray. I was just going to give you a little history of my uh, quest for the truth. Um, 53-year-old guy that when I was about 18 to 20, mm-hmm. just like this world doesn't make sense. So I started following politics here in the U.S. And uh, it just didn't make any sense. It seemed that every country that the United States helped either turned into a socialist state yep. or dictatorship or whatever. Yeah. And then, of course, the next logical thing, uh, not that I'm a great, uh, I mean, I don't have any college education, but I said, well, we'll follow the money. And I started reading about money at the Wall Street Journal. This is independent study. You know, we subscribed to it and came up with the money. And, and that didn't seem to make any sense. But I said, it's got to make some sense to someone. Yeah. You know, and then eventually I ended up in the Birch Society and read some of those and checked their facts and everything. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that led to other things. And, uh, and and the thing is, is that you become ostracized by society, but exactly as you say, uh, exo, uh, esoteric and exoteric, it's, it's, they prepare you for this and that television is the worst instrument Absolutely. that there is for that. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing that I would like to say and maybe have you uh, expand upon is is that so many people in the world have this feeling that something's wrong, mm-hmm. but they don't know what it is, but they don't want to listen to another point of view yeah. or open up their mind. And even if you present them with the facts. Yeah. And, I know. And, 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 and it's, it's been my study, you know, for my life be, to try to find the truth. And certain people such as you and other I'll have to go now because the music's playing, but um, the call again, and you're dead on with what you're saying. You will be ostracized. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God, or your gods go with you.